So what we watch anime, so what we play League, we're just having fun, we don't care who sees, so what we stay in, it don't bother me, living young, pale and nerdy. Hello and welcome to the Reading Entertainment Podcast, episode 178 for December 23rd, 2018. My name is Nathan Reading Spruth, and joining me this week, we only have... Connor, the cyberpunk monk, Besh. Yo, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. So anyway, uh, let's let's move right into it and ask, what games have you played this week, and uh, where can we find you? So I've been glued to my Switch this week. Played Super Smash Bros. Ultimate pretty much to completion, which is to say that I finished the single-player mode. Yeah. Kind of was dicking around with the characters in classic mode, but I burnt myself out of that game. So I went out and bought some new video games. Got He's... Katamari Remold. Uh, sorry, Katamari Rerolled, I mean. Remold? Remold, yeah. You, you spread mold this time. It's a different game. Good, good. Uh, I never played the original on PS2, but rolling up Katamari's is like a meditative experience. It's a good yeah, game. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. They're fun. It, I, the hey. first time I saw it, I was like, "This game looks weird as shit." And it is. Don't that that's a you trust your gut on that judgment, but it's fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The other the other game that I got was Luminous Remastered. That was on sale for ten bucks on the Nintendo e store. Uh, it's the exact same game, as far as I could tell, from the PSP version. But right. if you love the PSP version like I did, you'll love this one just as much. Yeah. And. uh Oh, yeah, yeah so did you, me did you at Twitter cyberpunk underscore monk? Right. Did you find the uh, the classic mode in Super Smash Brothers? What is that? Is that just uh, the N sixty four version? Is that all they did? Kind of. Uh, so there's the single player mode, which is like the the radiance of light or chart, whatever the hell it's called, where you're going around fighting spirits and getting them onto your team. It's sort of like the sticker mode or the trophy mode they had before, but now it's got this weird rock paper scissor mechanic to it. Have you not played this game yet? No, I don't own it. Huh. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and then there is a classic mode for all of the characters, which is very reminiscent of the old one, where depending on who you're playing, you have a set number of fighters that you got to fight. There's usually a theme going on. So I like Super Smash Brothers, but I don't like it as much as everyone else does. That's, I, that's fine. I know some people who go way in on the game. and Yeah. I just, I'm not yeah. that kind of gamer. I can't get that serious into it, but yeah, it's and, it's especially being as portable as it is on the Switch. It's a great game for it. So, so my thing about uh, Super Smash Brothers is that I really like it when you know all the characters are unlocked and I have friends over and we're playing games. That's it's perfect for for playing the the Nintendo on the Nintendo Switch or even the the older ones. Uh, just to play with friends, but just sitting down and playing it by myself, I I don't enjoy it that much. And from what I understand, the online is um, uh, awful. Nope, I dropped the ball. It was like a month ago or something like that. I I, I said it. I said that if Nintendo can manage to not screw up the online, they're gonna see their they're gonna see their online service become actually viable, and they dropped the ball again. Yep, they did that, and they did it with the the Mario Tennis as well. So Mario Tennis was terrible. Mario Party was terrible. This is terrible. These were games they needed to have coming out of the gate strong, and 
The work's just the not only, in there. The only one that wasn't terrible, from what I understand, was Mario Kart. A game that's still $60, by the way. I've been very intentionally waiting for that game to go on sale, and I don't think it's ever gonna. It's a Nintendo game. They almost never go on sale. It's gonna be like 18 years from now, and they'll be like, you can get Mario Kart for the Switch. Uh, It's $55. We got it on sale for you guys. Oh, boy. So I, uh, I, I've been considering getting it secondhand. Do you need to have Nintendo Online to play that online, too? I know some games, uh, if they were out before that release they never swapped over the service i don't i don't know i i have no idea i don't have mario kart on the switch so i have no idea i need to get in another dock for my for my switch is your dock damaged no it's just i want one in my bedroom and one in my computer room oh legit, legit. that way i could take it to either place and still play it but, well, speaking of video games and games you've been playing, what have you been playing this week, Reeton? And where can uh, people find you? Well, thank you. Thank you for asking. Uh, you can find me at a bunch of different places. I'll, I'll say this first. You can find me uh, on Twitter at Reeton. You can find me chastising Connor, the cyberpunk monk bash, for opening soda cans on microphone. Um, Not a soda can. Uh, beer cans. You make um, me drink, Reeton. <laughs> so I... Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Reeton. You can find me on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Reeton. You can find me uh, on YouTube as well as uh, the slash Reeton slash Reeton Entertainment. Uh, ReetonEntertainment.com, the podcast. Of course, if you're listening to this elsewhere, you can find that pretty much on any site. Uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify even. We're on Spotify. Um, and if you're at, listening at to Reed this podcast, podcast somewhere fun, like on a pirate radio station or something like that, let us know. We want to hear about that. Yes, that would be that would be awesome. If if somehow that's what we should do, we should create our own pirate radio station and just air episodes of the podcast on it. So you say we? Um, I'm not gonna go fucking around with the FCC. That's all you, buddy. <laughs> Dang it. Okay, and especially since we give our names, that's probably a terrible idea. Right, best of luck to you. I ain't touching this one with a 10-foot pole. Right, so so pretty much all the usual places you can find the podcast, you can find me. Uh, go to Mixer.com forward slash Reeton if you want to see me play games. And uh, the games I've been playing this week, I played Hand of Fate 2. It's on sale for $20 right now, and uh, it's really good. Hey, it's... hey, hey, I heard you played Atlas this week, too. We're going to talk about that. But Hand of Fate, <laughs> we'll talk about Hand of Fate 2. Did you ever play a Hand of Fate 1? No, I'm not even sure what Hand of Fate 2 is. I think you would really like it. So, uh, ostensibly, like when you're in the battle system, it's like, you know, hack and slash battle. You press the you press uh, the Y or triangle button to block, or like uh, block an attack oh, coming up. You I'm sorry, I lied. People. I did play Hand of Fate 1. Yeah. And Hand of Fate 2 is very similar to that, um, but both the games also have like a randomization element to it where it's kind of like a tabletop game you're going through. Uh, you even have to roll dice, uh, so they'll they'll give you a scenario. They're like arm wrestling, and you have three dice, and they say you have to get you know above an 11 on the three dice to... Uh, three six-sided dice, not three twenty-sided dice. But you have to get like above an eleven or above a fourteen to win this match, uh, this arm wrestling match and stuff. And so, 
it's uh it's pretty cool because it, it mixes the tabletop elements with the the action portions and you get a little bit more freedom of choice in the new one and it's just a it's a it's all to, all around i think it's a better experience than the first one so they improved upon pretty much everything and and took away a lot of the negatives so i think you'd really like it i don't know did you like the original hand of fate yeah i never owned it i believe i was playing this with other people though Oh, okay. um, I, I remember specifically switching between the real time system and the, the dice rolling mechanic dice rolling and like kind of like building a deck and stuff. Uh, like yeah, that. a little bit deck building, too. Yeah, it mixes a lot of different genres that you're really into. So I think uh, I think you'd really like it. Well, more specifically, I remember dungeon delving in this game was a lot of fun. And it, I mean, it's not a true roguelike, but it scratches that roguelike itch just yeah. the right way. Yeah. So, and then I also played Atlas. The reason I got Hand of Fate 2 was because I couldn't get Atlas on Wednesday. So, let's talk about Atlas real quick. And we'll talk about my... I I don't even have a story for this because I lived it. So, we talked last week how Atlas had got delayed by a week. So, it got delayed until last Wednesday. Wednesday the uh, 19th, was it? Something like that. Yeah, it was originally slated for the yeah. 19th. And and I, I beforehand on Tuesday, the 18th, it was, if you went on to the Steam page, it said something about, you know, it'll be a, able to be unlocked in 18 hours. I was like, okay, cool. And then when Wednesday rolled around, that little disclaimer went away. And I was like, wait a minute. And it was supposed to lo- unlock around noon Pacific time. And I was like, I, it became noon Pacific time, and it, you couldn't purchase it. There was a countdown, even. There was a countdown to be able to play Atlas. And that countdown ended, and you still couldn't buy the game. And I was like, oh, maybe they just have to upload the game, and it'll, it'll be a while. It'll be like you know 20 minutes or something, and then you'll be able to play the game. Well, half an hour after that, after the countdown went down, the Twitter for Sale the Atlas had posted something. Oh, hey, guys. Uh, we couldn't get the build ready for today. We're going to postpone it to Friday. The, now, mind you, this is half an hour after it was supposed to be released. There were a bunch of people waiting, really wanting to, to play this game. And they were uh, streaming it. They were like They were streaming the countdown, streaming to be able to download the game and everything. And then they get hit with this saying, hey, it's going to be delayed until Friday. So people wait. And on Friday it comes around, and they say something to the effect of, on their on their Twitter, hey, we are going to be giving, it looks like what we're going to be doing is we're going to be giving early access codes to major streamers. And I was like, wait a minute. So early, early access codes. So they're going to unlock it for major streamers. And then that's going to be at 9 p.m. Pacific time. And this is on Friday. And they're like, the next day, on Saturday, it's going to unlock for everyone at noon. And it's like, wait a minute. So you're, you said you were gonna, we're going to be able to play on Friday. And you technically are releasing it on Friday, but only to people who you think will give you coverage. Perfect. This sounds like a great game. Then finally, on Saturday, 
they released the game to be able to buy it. I mistakenly did buy it. Oh, and see, that was a mistake. You shouldn't was, have done that. It was a mistake. And they, they released it for $25. It's uh it's normally going to be $30, but they they released it on a sale until the, the 2nd, I think, of, of January. And so it's on sale for $25. So I was like, okay, I'll, I bought it. And I was like, finally, I'll be able to play the game. I downloaded it. It's only like 32 gigs or something like that. So not massive, but still a big game. That's still pretty big for a game. Yeah. So I downloaded. Uh, I got into it. Uh, the game loaded up. I started my stream. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create a character and stuff on stream. That way people in my stream can be like, no, you need to make your hair longer, blah, blah, whatever. So I make my character. And then I can't join any server. The The servers were having issues all yesterday. And they said, oh, there's a bug in the server code. Yeah, yeah, that seems like Oops. a bug where nobody can join the servers. And so they've just been releasing updates. I tried this morning. I still couldn't, I couldn't get into a server. Now, what I did last night was I was able to get into a server at one point. For some reason, the North American servers weren't working, so I had to go with the European server, which oh, gives good. me good give, good pings. So yeah, I go you to definitely the, want to be sending that over the lake like that. Yeah. So I go to the European server, and I'm finally able to create a character and get into the game. And it's shit. Yeah, it that's what the streams were showing. Um, first, firstly, they start you off with like 10 tutorial tips, which is cool. Then they just have text boxes on the top that go away after like a minute and you just read through the text boxes, which is fine. But they start you out in the water, which again is fine. Uh, but as you're reading these text boxes, because you're in the water and it's nighttime, at least when I loaded in. I started freezing to death while reading the tutorial tips. Oh, good. Sounds like they planned this game really well. Yes. Uh, I walked by. I was. Uh, I finally got to the land, uh, and then I froze to death on land. And so I restarted, and they started me in the water again where I got to land, and I didn't freeze to death. I got to about half health, and then I stopped freezing to death. Um, I saw a bear. It was on fire. <laughs> what? Yeah, there was just a bear walking around on fire. As um, one does. Yes. I I also went and I started, I was like, I need to find warmth or something because when night comes, I'm going to freeze to death again. And so I was like, what better way to, to not freeze to death than to get animal hide and make, you know, like leather vest or something out of it. And so I started punching a goat. Well, <sighs> as I'm punching the goat, it's running away. And it runs right through a bear, and I accidentally punch a bear in the face. Oh, no. And the Was bear this punched... bear on fire? No, this bear wasn't on fire. But this bear did punch me in the face. And uh, I don't know if you know what happens when bears punch you in the face. You don't I feel live. like you don't make it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I have done nothing in the game. I'm, I almost never consider refunding games. But I am really considering refunding this game because of how terrible I've played other early access games that weren't this bad. 
Um, I was going to say that Fallout 76 had the worst release this year. And mind you, this is an early access game, so it isn't a, a technically release. release. Yeah, it isn't right. a technically a release. But this is probably the worst release of the year. Because these people know what... They should know what they were doing. They made ARC. And ARC had its own issues with talking to people and like updating their PR and making changes to the game that weren't really communicated very well. So I was Speaking thinking of which I don't have a story for this, but did you hear that there's parts of the game's interface that are like straight out ripped from Ark? Well, yeah. I mean that that makes sense. So before they they released the trailer, they actually had a leaked trailer for the for the game of Atlas. And apparently a lot of the the creatures in the game have the same skeleton like skeleton with different textures as arc um and so with the leaked trailer it actually showed a lot of the arc uh creatures in place of some of the creatures that are supposed to be in atlas and i'm actually fine with that with that with them reusing assets sure but, especially for an alpha game yeah like that's that's totally fine with me and actually I'm not even mad about the servers being crap. Like, I understand that when a game like this launches, the servers are probably going to be crap for a while. Until hell, they a game get like the- Diablo 3 launches and the servers are hell. This is just a reality of the video game industry now. Yeah, the problem I have is the communication and the fact that once I did get in the game, you should, at the very least... When you spawn into a game where you're reading tutorial tips, you shouldn't freeze to death. <laughs> no, that's that's bad game design is what that is. <laughs> yes. So uh, I pull out the design document. Consider some factors like I don't know what time of day people will be playing your video game, and consider if maybe that will have a factor on their chances of survival. Yeah. So uh, another thing is people were coming in and, into my chat, and they were like, you know, this game is just arc. Like that, it's it's the same as Ark, but you can get a boat. And I haven't played Ark um, in like four years because I do own the game, but I played it when it was in early early access and there wasn't much to do. And I just haven't picked it up since. And I know a lot of people really like it, and you can like tame animals and stuff, but I never got that far. I am really wanting to give Atlas a, sh- a chance because I really like the idea of like a being a pirate and stuff. That like, you really already gave them money for the game. And I really already gave them $25. So um, between the two games I bought this week, Hand of Fate or, uh, or Arc 2.3, um, <laughs> I suggest Hand of Fate. The game's really fun. It's It's good. You should get it, Connor. Anyway. Uh, what other game? Oh, I played a little bit of UFC, just messing around with it. But uh, I finished the story mode in it, and so now the only real thing to do is either fight or play online. And I don't have online for my PlayStation, so I'm kind of done with the game unless I get online, which I kind of want to. I I I would like to um see how it is to to get owned by people by twelve year olds online. Uh, yeah, that be, sounds that, be really that interesting. Sounds terrible. It does. Let's move on to some stories, and we will talk about 
Star Citizen. You like Star Citizen. I like Star Citizen. You, you like Star Citizen? Not particularly. Do you I like have Mark no experience Hamill? With it. Do you like Mark Hamill? I have nothing against Mark Hamill. It's the Joker I like, man. I like Mark Hamill. He's the Joker. He's Luke Luke Skywalker. He uh is a super villain in the Arrow or Flat the Flash TV show. Yeah, he was on that. Um anyway. Star Citizen has made a uh what's the word a shit ton of money. Like mm-hmm. What is it up to? Two hundred million dollars or something now, something like that. Um, I'm not sure what the total is, but I do know that they just recently gotten yet another stipend. Well, yeah, and that's what we're going to talk about. Is that squadron? There's two things of Star Citizen. There's Squadron Forty Two, and there's Star Citizen, the the open universe simulator. And the Squadron Forty Two is is the single player campaign, and that has gotten a release date. Well, it'll release Target uh, of 2020. So, over a year from now. Um, it says here from our, uh, from Polygon, sorry. Uh, Star Citizen announced that uh, the organization has received $46 million in private investment. Along with the announcement uh, comes a release window for the team's single-player game, Squadron 42. It is now expected to release in the summer of 2020. More than eight years after its original Kickstarter campaign. I mean, I can so, respect that. I can respect somebody giving you a deadline and taking a little, just a little bit longer than what you said you would do to get it done. Well, I, 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 I have a problem where, um, I have a lot of friends who are like, I, I don't like this because it's never going to release. And it's like, yeah, it's been in development for a long time. But wasn't Red Dead 2 in development for like 10 years as well or yeah, something? Yeah, I mean, a lot of good games end up being in development hell for a long time. Yeah. And it, Miyamoto who said like a good game takes time. Yeah, games take time. It'll release time. when it's ready. Right. And and that's my thing is I, I am fine with them taking their time. It is, you know, eight years, which is a long time. But what they're trying to do with these games, I I really admire and so I'm really hoping that they become good, but it's it's. I think their original target was like 2014 to release the game. However, that was with their initial target of like three million dollars or something, and so they they've kind of get into the point where uh, feature creep. You know what feature creep is, right? Yeah, it's sort of like when parts of your Gantt chart start falling out of scope. Well, mainly you put in so many features and you want to implement so many things into the game that it becomes a problem where you can't get everything in there and you're just working to try to try to make everything work. So, um, Right. At some point, you need to publish the design document and build what you have on there. Exactly. And the more features you add the harder it is to make the game even so even if it's a simple thing like like crafting something if you put crafting into a game then you have to design the other elements of the game to work around the crafting system so the more features you have so if you have crafting but you also have shipbuilding but you also have this and this and this you have to make all of those work together seamlessly 
Otherwise, one thing's going to feel out of place. So you just need to like have a narrow. You have a you have to have a scope of what you're going to do, and not be like, "Ooh, there's another neat feature. Let's do this." So I'm still really looking forward to it. But they've got another uh, influx of money, a little bit of money. Uh, the The Star Citizen project now is valued at half a billion dollars. Damn. So the Star Citizen is currently the most funded crowdfunding campaign of any of, of its of any kind. Its income backers uh, income from backers in 2017 amounted more than 34 million dollars, or double the amount earned by every other video game project on Kickstarter, and that's just in 2017. Uh, that year, Roberts owned. Um, Robert's own self-reported figures, the $46 million is roughly equivalent to one year of funding from backers and private partnerships. So I don't know who is giving them this money. Some billionaire just gave them $42 or $46 um, million. Dollars. That's a lot of money. some private investor. That is a lot of money, man. I, I wish mean, just I could... the fact that this game is getting this much money is a little insane. Yeah. The you know the worst part about li- knowing that I'm gonna live until I'm like 80 years old is knowing that um I'm not gonna be able to see st- see Star Citizen get really a full release. That's, that's <laughs> it's gonna get thing. to the point where the income that it makes makes it like the top four in economies around the world. Yes, and it's just a promise. It's gonna it's gonna beat out like India and California. Which I think California is not going to make it. California will be gone by the time that this game releases. That's true. So I uh, I'm really excited for it. It says that um, the 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 persistent universe hasn't had an actual release date since 2016. So they had a release date for the persistent universe, and they're like, "No, we're good. We're just going to hold off on that whole release date thing." Which, well, a lot of times, something like that makes you raise an eyebrow and, you know, go, oh, hold on, what the hell's going on behind the scenes there? But obviously, they're trying to focus on having this single-player experience. And well, if you want to look at other games that did that, like Titanfall 2, I'm pretty sure they stopped their release so they could have a good story-player mode, and it was worth it. That was a great game. Wasn't it, like, I have no doubt really Star quick, Citizen though? will be as well. Wasn't, it, wasn't the first-player mode, like, developed in just a couple months? I, yeah, I'm pretty sure, if I recall correctly, that's what they ended up making the wait on for. Because, like, the original Titanfall, the entire game takes place over just multiplayer matches. Yeah. And then Titanfall 2, they released a single-player mode, which is a side story, has no business being as good as it is. It really is. I That's the only part of that game I enjoyed. I, I'm not very good at that game. It's too, like, I'm really bad at the Twitch reflex games. It's, it's a Twitch so, shooter. Yeah, I'm really bad at those. But I mean, anyways, you look at a game like that, that they're going to tack on a feature that might slow down development. If it's good, if they do it right, it's going to be worth it. And I have yeah. no doubt that Star Citizen and their Squadron 42 mode is going to be worth it, too. Yeah, Hopefully. I'm really I'm really hoping because like I've wanted a, a good sci fi um, game like that for a long time. And and Elite Dangerous, while I I like what they're trying to do, um. Star Citizen, if if they keep their promises, you know, hashtag promises kept. Um, <laughs> if they keep their promises on like being able to fly your ship around and do mining and then go to a spaceport and actually exit your ship and stuff and actually feel like a, a lived in universe, 
if they're able to pull that off, oh, I'm going to love it. Yeah, because it'd be Elite, amazing. Elite Dangerous is you go to a spaceport and you get missions, and that's really just it. Like, like you can do mining and stuff, but it's not as profitable as, as I would have hoped. No, so, and a lot of that game is just watching numbers load. It, it's it's watching loading bars as you scenically go from point A to point B. Yeah. And Sometimes things shoot at you, depending on how late in the game you started playing. Yeah, and it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous game. Uh, playing it in VR is amazing. Have when you, it works. Yeah, have you done that? Have you played yes, I purchased and already refunded Elite Dangerous. I couldn't get it to work on my VR set right. What would oh. happen is I'd be flying and it would look amazing, and then all of a sudden my ship would go forward and my head would stay where it is, and ooh, then the, and then you, the nausea kicked in. And then you vomited three buckets that day. <laughs> we don't talk about the buckets anymore. <laughs> um. Anyway, let's let's move on to uh, G2A. Do you know what G2A is? Can we actually is? not? Uh, I just wanted to bring up one more thing because it seems oh, like okay. something you'd be re- interested in. Do you remember during whatever video show Bethesda did this year when they had like Andrew WK? Anyways, they didn't they say they were going to be making a space RPG game? Um, yes, or Starfield. Wars? Starfield is that Starfield? And yeah. Then, and then Obsidian has another space. I mean, the one Obsidian game that, um, that they're making it honestly kind of looks more like Borderlands, but. It looks like Borderlands I, I, slash, like uh, Skyrim or something like, like Fallout. Like, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I forget the name of the game, but uh, Outer Worlds, right? Something like that. Rimworld. I feel Rim, like that's close. Is that it? Rimworld is something else. I'm pretty sure. Let's see. Um, Outer. Uh, the, the only. The only reason I bring it up is because I feel like yeah, the space Outer pirate junkie. Yeah. I, I just feel like this is going to be a, a booming subject or theme which i'm fine I'm with. okay with that i am i have wanted a, a one of my first gaming experiences that i i remember and really yeah, okay. the the no the, really the only reason i i even liked the uh and you're gonna hate me for this the 3do when i was a kid was mm-hmm. i went over to one of my neighbor's houses and he had he had a 3do and he um let me play Wing Commander three or four on that 3DO, and it was amazing. I, it was full motion video with Mark Hamill, um, John Rhys Davies. Like it has like a pretty good cast in it. Uh, it had Biff from uh, uh, Biff from Back to the Future, and oh, right. and I just I love those games. And that's why I'm really excited for like Star Citizen and all of these games because Wing Commander was great, but it would be nice to have like a world like that that you could live in. I also really like you know Star Trek and Firefly and uh, Star Wars and all of those space shows. And yeah, so being it, a, sci- a sci-fi space pirate's kick ass, dude. Yeah, so it would be uh, it would be sweet to do that if Star Citizen comes out um, and is what. It claims it's going to be. It is what I wanted from Star Trek Online. You I, see, the problem I, with Star Trek Online is that it wasn't Cowboy Bebop, the Federation experience, and that's really yeah. what it needed to be. Yeah, I've never watched Cowboy Bebop. It, it's Spapes, Pirates, Sci-Fi, Shenanigans. It's, oh, it's been the theme of the episode thus far. Okay, okay. 
So let's move on to not space pirate stuff, uh, just normal pirate stuff, just normal stealing of money. So have you ever used G2A? Nope. Yeah, I think I did once, like, years upon years ago to get a code for something. Um, but G2A is now charging users for not logging into their accounts. That's insane. Yeah. So the article is from Eurogamer. It says G2A has come under fire for user for charging users for not logging into their accounts. The controversial digital marketplace, which it's controversial because they use stolen keys. Uh, pretty much like, oh, you know, we've covered these punks before, haven't we? Yeah, we have, we have. Uh, it's a user took the Reddit to complain about receiving a message from G2A warning about an impending one euro charge for not logging into their account for 180 days. Uh, G2A Pay is G2A's online payment gateway designed for business and personal users, it's separate to the main G2. G2A marketplace, but it's operated by the same company, so it's a shell company. According to the message, the user would continue to be charged one euro a month for each additional month they didn't log into their account. This is verified by the Terms and Services Conditions page, which details the provision under the G2A coins and G2A wallet selection or uh, section. Sorry. If a user does not log in through the website to user's account, SIC, or for over 180 days, the company is entitled to charge the user's G2A wallet inactivity fee in amount of uh, euro one per each month or less. If there's no sufficient funds on the user's GTA, G2A wallet to charge the inactivity fee, the company is also entitled to terminate the user's G2A wallet. If there is no sufficient funds uh, which it allows to charge an activity fee. Charged an activity fee is not returnable. The user is to be informed about terminating his account. So, G2A is basically saying, because you can use the wallet, and I presume you can load money onto this wallet. I, I don't know how that works. I've never used it. I presume you haven't either. No. You don't just like start up the account and be like, I'll put $10 on there. You know, I, I'm just... I'm. I, a, I want some stolen stuff just because the larceny is the secret ingredient. So I'm going to make an account with these guys. And instead of getting their stolen products, I'm just going to start shoveling my money into them. Perfect. Nothing suspicious about that at all, right? Perfect. So, um, anyway, as I was saying, they apparently you're able to load up money onto this, let's say 10 bucks. And then after 180 days for each month that you don't log in, they can take a dollar or I'm sorry, one euro out of there until that is gone, until all the money out of your wallet is gone. And then they will deactivate your account. So that's uh, that's pretty shady. That's like, say you got a Steam gift card and you put money onto your, your Steam account and then Steam just started taking a dollar a month out of your account if you didn't buy a game like you could log in but but if you didn't but if you didn't buy anything they just started taking money out of your account that is exactly yeah, what's happening right now that is exactly what's going on and it's pretty shitty it is pretty the, shitty so the fact that they have that in their terms and conditions they're part of their agreement is yeah. also pretty shitty i mean i thought we were kind of in universal agreement none of us were going to read those bullshit documents and in turn you weren't going to put any bullshit clauses in it 
And this violates that public trust that we've had. So here, so I think what's happened is in Europe, the European European Union uh, made it so that, and we we spoke about this, is that um, they have to they can't put legalese in terms and conditions anymore. They have to make it understandable for normal people to be able to read through and be like, oh, I understand what they're talking about. Uh, but it doesn't mean that you can't put shitty stuff into it. It just has to be understandable, which this is understandable in the terms and conditions. They say we can screw you over. So it doesn't technically violate the law. The retort I have to that, on the other hand, though, is how do you expect anyone to continue using your service when you have shitty business practices? I mean, do you think this is going to eventually end up being the death blow to G2A? No. No, it's not. And the reason I say that... like they're stolen shit too much. Yeah, people like that. I mean, I'm not even saying that they like their stolen stuff because a lot of people who are going to be using the site might not know that it's stolen, might not know that, um, you know, a lot of the stuff on there is kind of shady. But they're like, hey, I could get this game for $10 when it's normally 50 So I, I, I know that's why they're using it. Uh, and it's, a lot of the time it's not even stolen. It's people will you're allowed to put your own product up there. So if like if I had a code for something, I could sell it on G2A and make a little bit of money off of it. And so that's what people do is say they buy a, a 2070, a, a RTX 2070, and they get a couple games with it. They can then take those codes and put them onto G2A and sell them that way. And I think that's where a lot of their codes come from is people getting them for free or getting them from elsewhere, and then they just resell them. So I don't know. I, I G2A is a really shady company. If you're looking for cheap games, just go to Steam or even Amazon or, uh, I don't know, sometimes GameStop has good deals even. So go, go to those. Go to legit places to buy games. Don't go to G2A. The or those super shady... Go to uh, Green Man Gaming and use my affiliate link. So, anyway. Uh, our last story of the day. This is going to be a pretty short podcast just because it is the Sunday before um, um, that one... X-Mas? X-Mas, is that what it's called? X-Mas. X-Mas. Kwanica, uh, Kwanzaa. I was going to combine Kwanzaa and Hanukkah and call it Kwanica, But I was like, wait a minute. That's not a real holiday. Anyway... This is a boring bit. Let's get on with it. So Fallout 76, um, the second worst launch of the year. Second only to Atlas. Second only to Atlas. Uh, it actually, it, the the good thing about Fallout 76 is that the servers worked. They, they actually worked. You're able to get in. You're able to play the game. Sometimes things were shitty. Um, there were a lot of bugs, but it's, you know, it's a Bethesda game. That's... That's gonna happen. It's they a part mean, of the package deal. Yeah, it's, you, you know, you know when you go up against a giant in Skyrim that they're gonna knock you eighty feet in the air. You just know that's gonna happen. So, Fallout seventy six, not the greatest launch, but they are giving people um, some some good things. If you played Fallout seventy six this year, if you bought it, um, they're giving you the Fallout Classic Collection on PC. Now, the Fallout Classic Collection contains Fallout the original, Fallout 2, and Fallout Tactics. The 
Opera expires at the end of the month, and the free codes are expected to be distributed or go live in early January. While the offer does, uh, the offer does apply to PS4 and Xbox One owners too. They will only get the games on PC, which makes sense. You do not want to play the original Fallout games with the controller. No, that sounds terrible. Yeah. So, uh, have you ever played the original Fallout games? I don't know if you have. I have. I've never beaten any of them, but I've played 1, 2, and Tactics. They are really hard. Like, I mean, it's like the original Wasteland game, so that's kind of a part of the the pleasure yeah. of these games. Like, if you don't build the right kind of character, if you can't survive the Wasteland, you yeah. got to try again. That's the, the fact that you learn by failing and analyzing, and yeah. you kind of are forced to experiment to try to find out what works and what doesn't. There's just something about that that games don't do anymore. It's a fun way of learning how to play, and it's not just play, but experiment in a world. Yeah, and it's it's hard in not the same way as, like, Dark Souls. Right, it's, so, it's not an artificial difficulty. Yeah, it's not artificial. It's really actually that difficult. Um, in In Fallout 2, which is my favorite of the series... In Fallout 2, you start out in a temple, and you have to go run around, and it is one of the hardest starting levels in any game ever. And you've got to run around and kill these um, rad scorpions, but all you have is a spear. You don't have anything. If you didn't make your character with like a little bit of melee stats, you have to save after every single battle because the rad scorpion just could just roll a natural 20 and kill you. So well, save uh, skimming awesome. is another classic part of the game. Yes. Uh, and those are, those are, did I ever tell you what happened with my, uh, I, I, I played through final fantasy eight when I was uh, a kid. Well, younger. I'm so sorry to hear that. And we were poor. I don't know if uh, I've ever told you that we were super poor. And so instead of buying a legit 8 megabyte or whatever uh, save card, memory card for um, the PlayStation, we went to a pawn shop and bought a memory card from there. And um, this memory card had a, an issue where uh, it sucked and it like you would try to load a file and it would corrupt the file. So it doesn't sound like a good memory card. No. So I would have to save because you could get like 12 slots on that memory card for Final Fantasy VIII. And I would have to save like six times every time I saved because I was doing it in hopes that I could go and find one of those files that wasn't corrupted so I could load the game up the next day and play it. Yeah. I, uh,. I, I I didn't have fun with that. And also I had to play through the beginning of Final Fantasy VIII like nine times just to just to be able to get through it because I, I didn't save enough. See, that sounds a lot like purgatory to me. That sounds awful. Yeah, playing through Final Fantasy VIII and then having your save corrupted so you have to play through it again. I was really just talking about playing through Final Fantasy VIII the one time, but <laughs> Final Fantasy VIII. Final Fantasy VIII's not that bad. Is it though? It's not. It really is. Like it gets a lot of shit, and there are really there are really dumb parts of it. 
but I like think the that beginning and the middle and the end, right? Go yeah, on. those those parts. Uh, but I actually don't think it's as bad as everyone says it is, um, because Final Fantasy X two also exists. Yeah, that's another bad one. Yeah, uh, but but eight isn't. I don't know. I I like. I would it. say eight is I worse was... than ten two. I would say um, it was nice being your friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, no, it's not. It's not worse than ten two. Ten two is the worst game of the series. That's so bad. It really is bad. Uh, anyway. What does this have to do with getting the classic edition of Fallout? On uh, PC? We were talking about saves, and it reminded me of um, traumatizing times in my life, okay? This is where I, I come to I often don't like to think about the times I played Fallout. I'm sorry, I'm uh, uh, Final Fantasy VIII. Yes. But hey, here we are, man. Thanks, yeah. thanks for bringing me along on this trauma-filled trip, trip down nostalgia lane. You're welcome. So anyway, that is our that's our podcast for today. It's it's a short one. Uh first firstly it is the the weekend before, you know, Christmas. And um the week before Christmas, apparently nothing fucking happens in the world of uh video game news. So yeah, that, I think all those like editorial writers are off like with their families. Yeah. Which is where I want to be right now. Off with their families? Yeah, off with their families. Yeah. Uh, are you Not doing recording anything? recording a goddamn podcast. Are you doing anything for Christmas? Uh, yeah, we're going to have some family over, and then around New Year's time, I'm going to be over at some families. Cool. I'm I'm just going to spend time with my, uh, my sister. So, my sister and her, her husband and my nephew, probably. I presume my nephew's going to be there. Anyway, thank you for being here this week. I will see you next week, probably. Um, Hopefully no, not. no Pathfinder Jeez. today. Yeah, I'm pretty bummed about that. And if you're wondering what he's talking about, you can check us out at the Rollmongers podcast. Clint, four classics. Yes, exactly. It's a Rise of the Rune Lords presentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you. I will see you next week. Goodbye.